Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. All right, big body, brand new I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. On today's podcast, the Los Angeles Lakers, led by LeBron James, are not making the playoffs. Is the big baller brand done? We break down what has happened with Lonzo and the big baller brand in the last 72 hours. Plus, Kodak Whack, I'm sorry, I mean Kodak Black, tried to come for me, the gringo man, Dingo, and so much more. Plus, I got the young shooter. We're talking about Us, the Jordan Peele movie, the act, the Hulu show that I'm obsessed with, with Patricia Arquette, on a long talking Hardcore, hard body karate, brand new I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Miles, Jordan, give me something real nice, something real proper, but most importantly, yes, you know what it is, something real funky. Let's go. Right, all right. This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. My name is Michael Rappaport, aka the Gringo Mandingo, aka Mr. New York, aka Mr. Two One Two, aka the Jake Lamada of podcasting, and we are truly going to take you into the deep waters. Fifteen rounds, big body. 
podcasting today. So, so much to talk about. I mean, man, oh man, oh man, there is, there is a lot to talk about. Uh, I'll start with this. Friday night, the Lakers got eliminated officially from the 2019 playoffs, and my intention was to do an emergency podcast, but the sound engineer of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, Miles Davis, uh, was away uh, with his father celebrating, I believe it was his 70th birthday. We cannot interrupt family time, even though the instinct was to go live and direct with an emergency podcast. We just couldn't do it, so we had to wait a couple of days, and here we fucking are, and there's so much to discuss and break down with LeBron James and his Lakers not making the fucking playoffs. Now, I am on record on this here I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast and various sports shows, including Fox Sports 1 Undisputed, saying that I thought the Lakers were going to make the Western Conference Finals. I thought that. Okay? But it quickly turned into a shit show in Los Angeles. It quickly turned into a fucking disaster. You know the history. I don't need to break down the details, but I will say this. Um, I blame LeBron James completely. He thought he tried to pull another coup. The guy guy is trying to uh, uh, manipulate... Every situation he is in. And he pulled some real bullshit this weekend. But we all know that he thought he was going to trade, get the Lakers to trade for Anthony, the disruptor, Davis. That's right, Anthony Davis. Everybody loves Anthony Davis. Everybody loves the unibrow, but he has now become a disruption. And that is because of LeBron James. LeBron James gave him the playbook. LeBron James and his agent, Rich Paul. This is his best friend. You might as well say LeBron James is Anthony Davis' agent. Straight the fuck up. This isn't anything I'm making up. This is how it works. LeBron James' best friend is his agent. Okay? We know what happened. Anthony Davis thought he was going to get a trade. He thought it would happen. He wanted with the Lakers. They decimate the entire roster, but LeBron would figure it out. He'd pull in this one and J.R. Smith and Carmelo, and he'd fucking, he'd goon his way into the finals. It didn't work out. Motherfuckers are on to you. The New Orleans Pelicans are on to you, LeBron James. You didn't get Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is now no longer the unibrow. He's called Anthony the Disruption Davis. Okay? You had your little injury. And this weekend, for some reason, out of nowhere, out of completely out of thin air, LeBron James' personal physical therapist put out a tweet saying, and I quote, and you know I hate making quotes on the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast. Why? Why do I hate making quotes? Because this is a non-fact-checking entity. If you never listen to the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, and I know there are a bunch of people that are listening to this episode, because you know I'm going to discuss Kodak Whack. I'm sorry. I mean Kodak Black. So you're creeping around, okay? It's a bunch of hip-hop bloggers, a bunch of hip-hop writers, hip-hop experts, 
sniffing around. Welcome. I'm glad to have you. Glad to fucking have you. I'm going to break that shit down right after this. Okay? I'm going to do LeBron. Then I'm going to do big baller bullshit. Then I'm going to do Kodak Black. So just just bear with me for a second. I know that's what a few new listeners want to hear. Trust me. Trust me. He's going to get it. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. So, yeah. LeBron James' personal physical therapist put out a tweet saying this. And I quote... She said her name is Dr. Karen Jobert, and I'm sure she's probably the best in the business. For some reason, out of nowhere, she just, and you know this wasn't on her own. You know that either LeBron himself or one of his flunkies, one of his cronies, one of his people said, yeah, you could talk about LeBron. Talk, talk about what you've been dealing with with LeBron, because trust me, she signed a non-disclosure, an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. So she's tweeting about LeBron James, rest assured, and this is why I can't stand this fucking guy's bullshit. Rest assured, she got the green light. So this woman put out a tweet on Saturday. As a physical therapist for 27 years, I've had the good fortune to work with some of the top athletes in the world. Dot, dot, dot. Then came LeBron. I want you all to know how bad his injury was and is and the pain he endured, along with his amazing trainer, Mike Mancius, he was on the court in six weeks. It should have been sixth month. Unselfishly, he endured pain, pain, pain. She says that. Unselfishly, he endured pain, pain, pain. He did not want to let the Lakers down and the fans down. But I want you to know what he went through. I learned a lot about determination and the will to win and how to get the job done. He is a force to be reckoned with at King James. This is what you call propaganda. This is what you call manipulating the fucking media. Of course, you had a little pain. That's what happens when you're a high-level athlete and you get injured. It's a little pain. Oh, but is he so super committed more than anyone else that an injury that should have taken six months only took LeBron James six fucking weeks? Really? What did you do to him? What'd you shoot him up with? Can you give the rest of the world some insight? Dr. Karen Jobert, how you got him from six months to six weeks? Maybe share with the rest of the NBA. And why didn't Paul George, whose leg literally broke in fucking half, the motherfucker's leg broke in half. Remember when Paul George's leg broke in half? Remember when Gordon with the good hair, Hayward's leg broke in half last year? Remember that? Remember when Isaiah Thomas had some kind of gruesome hip injury, had to get hip surgery? Remember all the injuries that Derrick Rose has had throughout his career? Knee injury after knee injury after knee injury. None of their physical therapists ever had to co-sign what they had to endure you don't think breaking your fucking leg in half like Paul George and Gordon Hayward did took a lot of commitment and dedication? You don't think Isaiah Thomas getting a fucking hip, like damn near hip replacing, took a lot of a determination and dedication? Derrick Rose has been decimated with injuries. We never heard from their physical therapist, not fucking once. This is all the bullshit. This is all that LeBron James bullshit. 
You didn't make the playoffs, okay? You got injured. You are human. Unless, unless this injury really was supposed to be 10 months, six months out, then maybe you're not human. Maybe this physical therapist and LeBron James should share with the rest of us what he did besides his determination and dedication. Because I bet you Paul George and Gordon Hayward put a lot of determination and dedication into their recovery when their fucking legs broke in half. This guy had a regular common groin injury. It happens all the time. Football players, basketball players, baseball players. I've hurt my groin. Okay? Six weeks should have been six months. Bullshit. Bullshit. This tweet was co-signed, it was organized, and it was manipulated. You didn't make the playoffs because you thought you were going to get Anthony Davis. You were going to do it by any means necessary. Okay? LeBron James didn't care about any of the fucking, like, we're going to get rid of all these fucking guys. I'm going to get Carmelo. I'm going to bring in J.R. Smith. We're going to fire Luke Walton. And we're going to go to the Western Conference Finals. Those fucking days are over. You can't play offense and defense anymore at a high level, LeBron. Those fucking days of gooning your way through the Eastern Conference, they're done. They're finished. Craig said, yes, yes, I was dancing in the streets. I was dancing in my house when D'Angelo Russell and the, had the irony, the beautiful NBA irony that D'Angelo Russell and the Brooklyn Nets, a scrappy team that loves each other. They're not faking it. They're not forcing it. D'Angelo Russell is the biggest star on that team. They're tough. They play together. There's, their, their bench is excited when one of them does well. It's not faked. It's not forced. So I ironic, D'Angelo Russell was left for dead so that the Lakers could pick up Lonzo fucking Ball. What a mess he's been two seasons in the NBA. What a mess. What a shit show. Okay? LeBron, it's over. Now you have plenty of time to get your hair fixed up in the offseason. Okay? Maybe you go to Germany. You continue with your physical therapy. I don't know what happens in Germany. You know what they say. What happens in Germany stays in Germany. Oh, yeah. When it comes to physical therapy, blood transfusion, blood spinning, that's what they say about Germany. What happens in Germany stays in Germany. This was a little tweak, okay? A little tweak to the groin, okay? Everybody is, if every single athlete in the league has endured it, no one had their physical therapist send out an Instagram message. Uh, uh, oh, he's, he's determination. He should be determination. He's LeBron James. He's getting paid $35 million a year. He's the self-proclaimed GOAT. Of course, he's got some determination, but maybe the determination isn't focused. Maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't know. I'm just saying. Okay? But yes, the fucking Lakers are not in the playoffs. Miles. Miles Davis. Jordan Winter. Give me some celebration music real quick to celebrate. That the Los Angeles Lakers, led by LeBron James, who I said would make to the Western Conference Final, fool me once. Sh shame on me. I'm the one who feels shame. Shame on me. Fool me once. Shame on just me. Give me something real quick, Miles Jordan. Some celebratory Los Angeles Laker not going to the playoff music. Everybody who's happy about it, stand up and dance.
Yes, it's a party. It's a fucking I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast party. So, yes, I have been one of the uh, hardest critics on, on Lonzo Ball, LeVar Ball, and the big baller brand bullshit from day one. Okay? It wasn't hard. I wasn't the only one. You could smell, you can feel bullshit, you can feel a con, you can feel a hustle when you see one. When someone is coming in, talk, it's just, yo, this is just like the fucking fire festival situation. This is just like the fucking, uh, uh, the inventor documentary that I talked about last week. LeVar Ball, Lonzo Ball, the whole Ball family, they came in, we're changing the game. We're changing the world. We're making our own sneaker. My son's better than Steph Curry. My son's this. My son's that. Talk, talk, talk. Fake it until you make it. Putting out the $342 bullshit sneakers. Sneakers look like the kind of sneakers that you could pick up in a gas station on your way to Tucson, Arizona. You know when you stop uh, in one of those like desolate gas stations? When you're driving somewhere four, five, six hour drive, maybe some people drive 18 hours. There's some truck drivers that listen to the I Am Rap Poor Stereo Podcast. I'm not talking about your corner gas station in your big city. I'm talking about the gas station when there's nothing else around except for the gas station. And they sell everything in there. They got everything you need. They got sunglasses. You could get a pair of jeans, a jean jacket. They got flip-flops and they got sneakers. Them shits look like the kind of sneakers they sell at the desolate gas station anywhere in this country. Shout out to my man Aaron in Chicago. He was texting me about that. Long, long, long time I Am Rapport Stereo podcast listener. Listen, we knew this was nonsense, okay? We knew this guy was talking way out of pocket, selling big Bowler bullshit. Selling big bowler pipe dreams. People were complaining about the fact that their sneakers weren't coming. There was one problem after another problem after another problem after another fucking problem. One of the owners, one of LeVar Ball's close friends, one of the organizers of the big bowler bullshit brand has stolen, allegedly, Allegedly, he has taken, allegedly, $1.5 million from Lonzo Ball. It's over. Remember, when Lonzo Ball was drafted into the NBA, he could have had a dope shoe deal, which wouldn't have made him any more dope of a player because, yes, he's a good player. I don't know why we have to keep talking. He's a good player. He's not Donovan Mitchell. He's not Kyle Kuzma. I'd rather have Kyle Kuzma on my team than Lonzo Ball. These guys were were drafted after him. He's a good player. If he could stay healthy, if his injuries uh, to his ankles, which may have something to do with his fucking sneaker choice, ever recover, you never know. But he had offers from all the sneaker companies. All the sneaker companies were coming after him. Under Armour, Nike, Adidas, big money. Would have had his own sneaker. Oh, you didn't want to do that. You were going to change the world. You were going to, you were going to change this. You were going to change that, LeVarbo. You come in there talking that Don King bullshit. 
Winging a prayer, bullshit. Now, I would guess, I would bet that LeVar Ball had nothing to do with swindling his son, his son's money. I'm sure he was surprised as Lonzo Ball when he found out that somebody who was his close friend and confidant was swindling his fucking son's money. But LeVar Ball, you speak things into existence. You got it all figured out. You throw Magic Johnson under the bus. No, listen, you're done with the Lakers. Lonzo Ball is done with the Lakers. And if he knows what's good for him, he will go back on his hands and knees to all these sneaker companies and say, listen, can you at least hook me up with a deal where I get some free product? Can you give me the respect and dignity of giving me a Nike deal where I get some free sneakers? I'll do that for a year and then I'll play my way maybe into a contract. You're never getting your own shoe. Lonzo Ball, listen to me closely. You're never getting your own shoe. Those fucking sneaker companies like this fucking guy and they're going to say, listen, we're not dealing with your father. We're not dealing with anybody in your family. We'll deal with you and you only. That's it. Okay? So maybe, yes, we'll send you some Under Armour kicks and maybe we'll give you a $25,000 contract and we'll give you all the sneakers you want. Not exclusives. You're not going to get any special off-color Jordans. We'll give you the basics. Okay? We'll give you the fucking basics. But one of the contingencies to the contract, Lonzo Ball, is that we're not dealing with your pops at all. Don't give him our phone number. Don't give him our email. We don't want to meet him. We don't want to greet him. You got that? Okay, we'll give you 10 pairs of sneakers a month. You do with them what you want. See, not everybody... Listen, there's steps to this shit. You're not fucking Jay-Z, man. Jay-Z's a fucking genius. Steve Jobs is a genius. These people are geniuses that are out there doing this shit and they're cha- these are geniuses. These are lightning bolts. These are these are meteors. Not everybody is that. Everybody's worried about their brand and all that shit. You put on a brand of sneakers. And the irony is that you kept hurting your ankles in those sneakers. Okay? It's done. The fucking company should fold. I'm sure they're going to be lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit with this big baller brand bullshit. Big baller business bureau. Big baller better business bureau. Okay, you can't hustle your way and bullshit your way and speak it into existence and all this fucking nonsense that LeVar Ball was talking about. Now you got one more shot, this kid LaMelo Ball. Yeah, he looks good out there playing these high school kids. Listen, don't be fooled by these Instagram clips of the more talented kids playing against other less talented high school kids. Don't be fooled by that bullshit, okay? Trust me. Trust me. We don't know what the fuck LaMelo Ball is going to be as a high-level player. I don't care what he does in high school. He ain't Kenny Anderson, okay? Big ball of brand bullshit. It's done. It's finished. This is the same guy who said Nas is irrelevant. Okay? Now, if you uh, remember and you and you uh, follow me closely, that's when I really, really got upset with Lonzo Ball. Listen, you goofy, funny-looking, fucked-up sneaker-wearing Duke. Listen, that's on you. 
But then you start talking out. This, this guy, Lonzo Ball, puts out rap music. This is what the fuck I'm talking about. Not everybody is Shaquille or fucking Neil. Everybody thinks they could do everything. My man, you're not a good rapper. You haven't even proven yourself as a legitimate NBA player. And then you got the fucking big baller, the big baller balls to say that Nas is irrelevant. Remember he said that shit? And I blasted his fucking ass. Oh, yeah. I blasted his fucking ass, okay? Which brings me to Kodak Black. This fucking guy. He said in the last couple, first of all, Kodak Black, listen, I get the hustle, do your thing, make your money. This is not personal. I'm sure he's a nice fucking kid. People get, because I'm so good, I'm going to be honest, listen, because I'm so good at talking shit. And listen, I have an advantage. I'm a trained professional, okay? I'm a high-level actor who also is a high-level shit talker. So when you combine the two things you, it gets mis- I get People get in their feelings. They truly get in their emotional, in their emotional space when I talk my shit. I understand it. I'm very good. Did you ever read my book? The name of the book is This Book Has Balls, Sports Rants from the MVP of Talking Trash. It was put out on Simon & Schuster. You can get the book, Okay. At thisbookhasballs.com. You can get it at Amazon. You can get it at your local bookstore. You think Simon & Schuster? Simon & Schuster's like the Coca-Cola, the Nike of book publishing. You think they're going to put out a book that's called This Book Has Balls, Sports Rants from the MVP of Talking Trash? If the guy talking the trash isn't a legitimate trash talker, this is what I do. This is what the fuck I do. Yes, there's amateurs out there. Great in the streets of all ethnicities. There's people that talk great shit. That's how I learned. Before I was thinking about becoming an actor. Before I was even thinking about uh, trying to become an NBA player. That's right. At nine years old, I planned to become an NBA player. But before that, and during my time wanting to become an NBA player, all I did every day is talk shit. I'm very good. I hate to brag and I hate to pat myself on my back, but when it comes to this shit talking, I'm fantastic. When it comes to the disruptive behavior, I'm I'm one of the best. I'm one of the best ever. They call me the great disruptor. It's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, the home of all disruptive behavior. So when I get on your ass, no Bruno, about something, I expect, now I don't think about it when I'm doing it, because I never expect people to hear it. I never expect it to go viral. I do it from the gut. I do it from the gut. Now this fucking Kodak Black, he said last week some fucked up shit about Young M.A., who I love that girl. I love her as a rapper. I love her as a personality. She's been on the podcast. Her story's great. She's honest. She's true to herself. Her music is dope. It's witty. It's smart. She talks shit. She's humble. But she gets it. He said some shit about her, some foul shit about her. He wanted to fuck her or something, some bullshit. 
Okay, and he's also said remarks in the past that he doesn't like black women, he doesn't like dark-skinned women. Thinks that, this guy, he's a young kid. I don't care about any of that. You talk your, I don't have nothing to do with Kodak Black. His music to me is do, do. Okay, because since this incident, I listened to it, maybe I'm missing something. That shit is, yo, let me stay on topic here. Let me fucking stay on topic. And all you new listeners, welcome. All you hip-hop bloggers, all you soundbite fucks that are listening. Yeah, get your fucking pen out. Quote me verbatim. Quote me verbatim on all and anything you want. So last week, Kodak Black said... He should be looked at, and I'm not even quoting him directly. I'm, I'm not breaking rule number one of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast for this fucking guy. But he said something in the world of, I should be looked at in the same category with the same respect as a rapper as Nas, Tupac, and Biggie. Duke, you, you, yo, you're not even in the, what you do isn't even the same genre of music as those three guys. Those three guys' features, those three guys' guest spots on other people's music, verse here, verse here, is better than your whole shit. What you do, it's literally like a motherfucker who uh, is ice skating on a lake comparing himself to the great Olympic figure skater, Dorothy Hamill. You ain't Dorothy Hamill, Duke. You ice skating on a lake. You're not in the same world. And then he said Biggie and Tupac only became icons, only became legends after they died. Oh, man, the fucking ignorance. These dudes were revered while they were living. You, you don't understand them. My man, check this out. Listen, people get so caught up in their motherfucking feelings. So I heard this and I was disgusted. And let's be clear on one thing. When it comes to my Instagram shit-talking videos, there is no money to be made. When I get on Instagram and I talk shit and I curse and I talk about this rapper and I talk about LeBron, and I, there's no money to be made. I'm doing it for the love of the shit-talk. I was disgusted when this dude said that I am just a fan. I'm not a rapper. I'm a rapper-port. But I was like, you, no one's saying anything. No other rappers are saying anything. None of these bloggers are saying anything. They'll, they'll put it out there. Kodak Black said, da 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 What do you think? No, what do you think, blogger? What do you think, hip-hop writer? What's your opinion, you pussy-ass scared motherfucker? What is your... You think the exact same I think, but I got the fucking shit-talking balls. These big fucking shit-talking balls to say exactly what you think. I'm not asking other people, do they agree with me? I'm not asking anyone else to co-sign with me. Money Grip is not a dope rapper. Money Grip doesn't have a good flow. Money Grip has no hip-hop styles as an MC. Money Grip isn't changing the game. Money Grip's voice isn't commanding. Money Grip isn't kicking any knowledge. Talking about you're in the same league as Nas, Tupac. Motherfucker, you better start at the bottom of the list. Start at the bottom of the list because you're starting at the top of the list. You're not in the same category, Duke. That's like a little motherfucker being in the crib doing somersaults, comparing himself to Olympic champion Mary Lou Retton. You're not Mary Lou Retton, Kodak Black. 
fuck is you talking about? Tupac, Biggie, or Nas? Your whole catalog isn't as good as this verse. Miles, play that Biggie verse when he's out on the street before he was signed, when he was just a dude rhyming. Play that shit right now. Your entire catalog isn't as good as this. catalog is not as good as that shit fucking Tupac Biggie or Nas now if you haven't heard exactly what I said let me just preface it by saying this I, I did put out a, a an Instagram and Twitter post and if you don't follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter you can follow me at, at Michael Rappaport and you could follow this podcast at I am Rappaport R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T I said, should I rant on this guy? I put that out there. I put it out on Twitter and I put it out on Instagram. And I got a unanimous, yes, yeah, some people like don't even give him the time of day. And I, but see, it's not, it's not about me giving him the time or day. And it's not about me. Honest to God, I say this sincerely. It's not about me. I am a fan. I respect, don't be mad at me, the gringo mandingo, because I have fantastic taste. I have great fucking taste i have great taste my taste is impeccable my choices are impregnable and you want to be mad at me i love great food if i read a book i love great literature most of the time i watch good tv now don't get me sidetracked and sidebar on defending how great bravo is i love great cinema i love great films Okay, I don't have great style, but the little pieces of clothes I have are well put together and I buy the best. My cashmere game is insane. I have great taste. But more than any of those things, maybe film, I have fantastic taste in music, whether it's jazz, whether it's soul, whether it's funk, whether it's reggae. Or more importantly, and what we're talking about right here, hip-hop. You are not going to sway me into thinking this dude is dope. He ain't dope. Don't be mad at me because I have great taste. Don't be mad at me because my opinions are formed on KRS-One, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, the Sugar Hill Gang. 
Curtis Blow, Eric B and Rock Kim, KRS One, Big Daddy Kane, Brand Nubians, Tribe Call Quest, De La Soul, Gangstar, and so on and so on and so on. That when I listen to music, the beats, my my frame of reference are the Jungle Brothers. Okay, DJ Premier, Large Professor, the Beat Nuts. That's my frame of reference. You give this fucking kid some James Brown shit, he won't know what to do. Yo, you give Kodak Black a James Brown beat, he won't have a fucking clue what to do, where to start, where to end, where to get on the beat, where to start rocking. He won't have a clue. You can't rhyme to James Brown. Yo, that's like not being able to make a layup. I don't want to hear it. Your voice is not commanding. Okay? Don't be mad at me because I have fantastic taste. Now, now, Miles Jordan, producers of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, play my rant. Kodak Whack, I mean Kodak Black, the non-rapping rapper, said that he should be looked at in the same category as Nas, Tupac, and Biggie. He also said that Tupac and Biggie only became legends because they died. Duke... You're not dope. You're not a dope rapper. You have no skill set. You have no flow. You have no vernacular. Without the face tats, the wild hairdo, and the short stint in prison, you'd be working at UPS. You know, like Biggie said, don't be mad. UPS is hiring. That would be you. No disrespect to UPS. Comparing yourself to those dudes is a guy playing basketball in his backyard shooting air balls comparing himself to an NBA player. You're not even a top 10 mumble rapper. The fuck out of here with that crazy shit. See that? 60 seconds. These Instagram videos, they give you 60 seconds. You could do the Instagram TV. You could talk for as long as you want. I don't do that. 60 seconds. 60 fucking seconds and I get you all fucked up in the game. That's what happens if you're a grade A professional high level shit talker. 60 fucking seconds of good love and that's what I gave it. Of course, when I'm saying something negative about anything in hip hop, it goes viral. Now we all know if you listen to this show, if you follow me on social media, I give love almost every day, random love to different songs, different artists, different MCs, different producers, because I fucking, I'm a fan, I'm just a fan. I'm just a fan, but Duke is talking out of pocket. You need to have respect. You need to have understanding of what you're making a fortune off of. God bless this kid. God bless any of these artists out there that are making money doing something they love off of music and all that. I have no problem with all that shit, but when you start talking out of pocket, you need to get respect. Now, there's no other MCs. There's no other rappers. There's no other rap groups that are saying anything about it. These fucking clown-ass bloggers, these clown-ass hip-hop people from all these sites, all these websites, music, this, music, they'll just say... Oh, Kodak Black, da-da-da-da-da, what do you think? No, what do you think? I had to say and share what I thought. There it is. Goes viral. Then, of course, the, the, little, the little fucks, they come out. Well, who are you to speak 
on our culture. You white boy, white boy, why are you talking about hip-hop? Because I know this shit inside and out. Do I know the most out of everybody? No, but I know what I know. And as I said before, I have great taste. My taste is impeccable. My choices are impregnable when it comes to this hip-hop shit. So I'm going to continue to talk shit. What kind of low-hanging fruit? Yo, you a white boy. Why are you talking about hip-hop? Suck my dick. You just mad because I'm right. Your man's not all that. Your man's not all that. Yeah, Yes, it's a kid's sport. I understand music and hip-hop specifically is a kid's sport. But when you start bringing in the adults, the late great Biggie, the late great Tupac, and Nas Escobar, shout out to Nas Escobar. See, then another adult has to speak on it. Why am I, the thing that I don't get is why am I the only one saying something? Why are there not disc records coming out in droves burying this fucking guy? Now, Sticky Fingers from Onyx, shout out to Onyx. He had said some wild shit about Sticky Fingers. And on that same day that I put it out, coincidentally, I didn't know. Sticky is my man. Sticky put out a track banging on this dude because he said he punched Sticky Fingers in the face and all this shit. Sticky Fingers like, you, you never punched me in my face. He put out a track on him. Hit him with that good shit. But in general, why am I the only... Why, why does it take Michael Rappaport... A non-hip-hopper. Why is it me? Why am, I the, why am I a fucking a man on fire? Why am I Denzel and a man on fire all by myself shooting down everybody by myself? Why isn't anyone else saying, Yo, my man, what the fuck are you talking about? You're not, you're not in the same category as Nas, Tupac, or Biggie. Shut the fuck up. Be appreciative of where you're at in your career that you're making money off this shit. I don't get it. So anyway, this fucking guy, I guess he got wind. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they always get wind. He got wind of what I said because it went viral. And at his show, I don't know where it was, he uh, spoke my name and listened to this, listen to this gargle mouth motherfucker talking shit, cracker this, crackers that, I love my crackers. He's sitting in front of a bunch of white people saying crackers this. Cr-. No one mentions that. No one mentions that, but when I say cracker on Twitter... I've got my ass suspended for saying cracker. When I say cracker on Facebook, I've got my ass suspended. No block. This is just this. But I don't even want to get into some racial shit because I, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a... You, you, obviously, you're not educated in this hip-hop shit because you wouldn't be saying anything about Nas, Tupac, and Biggie. You must not know my, my hip-hop pedigree, Duke. You obviously do not know my hip-hop pedigree. Play Kodak Black's uh, clip from his show. Uh, trying to talk out of pocket about me, the gringo man dingo. Talking about me when you're on stage. Why are you worrying about me when you're on stage? Why? I don't, I don't understand. Why are you worried about me when you are on stage with your motherfucking fur coat? Why? Don't worry about me. If I'm wrong, it shouldn't get you all up in your feelings. If I don't know what I'm talking about, it shouldn't get you and your fans all up in your feelings, but I'm not wrong. Play the clip, Miles. I love my crackles now. But man, y'all tell us what dumbass crackles stop playing me, man. For real, tell us stay out of rap for a minute for one. Then tell them go listen to my album. Then after you listen to my album, tell them suck a baby dick. 
I mean, what more can I say? I said what I said. I'm going to continue saying what I say. All right. And apparently, since this incident went down, Kodak Whack, I'm sorry, Kodak Black has deactivated his Instagram account. Also, also, let it be known that in April, Kodak Black is going back to court for a sexual assault situation. I wish him all the luck with that shit. Since this ain't personal, I'm just talking about the music, B. I'm just talking about the music. Make all the money you can. None of this shit is personal. I'm just shit talking. I'm talking shit for the love of the craft of talking shit. I am Rappaport Podcast. Told you we're going deep into the deepest waters of podcasting today. Just getting started. Shit. Um, so fucking Mueller, Trump, this whole fucking thing, it's over. And oh, release the Mueller report. They released enough. Okay, they can't find anything on the fucking guy to get him on collusion. Move forward, you fuck. See, this is why the fucking Democrats and the fucking snowflakes get called snowflakes. The fucking guy, they're not, there's nothing on the collusion. I wanted it just as much as the next man, but at a certain point, you got to say, all right, you got to fucking dust yourself off, okay, and take your losses. Yes, he did this, that, and the third, but they didn't have any collusion on him. He can do this, that, and the third all he wants. But if they have no collusion, they have no collusion. Move the fuck on. Cory Booker and fucking Kamala Harris and all these fucking Alexandra fucking Ocasio-Cortez. They're all like, release the Mueller report. They're going to release the fucking report. They gave you, listen, if you have any dignity, pride, and fucking sense about you, you just go, all right. Okay, this fuck didn't do anything that they... You know he did something. But you can do a crime and it's a whole other thing to be committed of a crime. They can't get him on anything. You gotta fucking move forward now. You gotta fucking move forward now. This is why there's snowflakes and there's gonna be... I guarantee it'll be some sort of protest and some march. Another fucking protest and march and people be screaming and yelling. Vote, motherfucker. Don't protest. Don't march. Vote motherfucker. Okay, and collectively, get rid of some of these fucking candidates. Crying Cory Booker, Kamala Harris. Get rid of them. They're just going to want Howard fucking Schultz and you bullshit. You get the fuck out of here, man. Pick one guy. I don't know who it is. And everybody vote. Enough with the protests and all this bullshit. Okay? This fucking guy, Donald Dickstein Trump Jr., He's going, hey, he tweeted, I, I don't know why people would be so upset that a standing president of the United States was found not guilty of something. I don't understand it. The reason why they don't want, they wanted to get your father, Dick Stane, Donald Trump Jr., is because your father's not likable. He's an antagonistic president. He's a shit-talking president. Well, well, Michael Rappaport, you just have been going on for 40 minutes about uh, the greatness of your shit-talking. I am a podcaster. I'm not the president of the United States. I'm not the president of a bank. 
okay? I'm in the Michael Rappaport business. I'm in the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast business. I'm not the fucking president. I want the president to be better than me. I want the president to be a more patient, more dignified than me. Than me? The president should be way more dignified, way more emotionally in control than me. Okay, so yes, I recognize uh, certain things about my personality that I see in Dick Stain, Donald Trump, but I ain't the fucking president. If this piece of shit wasn't the president, it would all be hunky-dory. He'd have hit shows and all that stuff. Now when you die, Dick Stain, Donald Trump, people, what do you mean die? When you pass away, the car that is carrying your body will be aged. That's what's going to happen. You're not likable. Dick Stain, Donald Trump Jr., why don't you walk around Manhattan one sunny afternoon? Bring security. Bring your security, but walk around New York City. Go go through all the five boroughs where there's the most people, and you see how people respond to you. You don't understand why people are so disappointed that Dick Stain Donald Trump, your father, wasn't found guilty. No one likes this fuck. He's an antagonistic, disrespectful fuck. Okay? And then today, another guy, remember a couple of, like a, six months ago, Michael Avenatti, he's going to run for president. Michael Avenatti, he's, he's teasing that he might run for president. This fucking guy was representing a porn star. He, he was, uh, had alleged uh, abuse against his wife and this, that, this fucking clown. I don't know why. And I should run for president. Why the fuck were they saying Michael Avenatti should run for president? He'd be a great candidate because he's sort of handsome. I'm sort of fucking handsome. No one's ever said Mike Rapp should run for fucking president. This is another con man. You could just smell it. You could feel it. You could taste it. If you have any instincts, any, any gut, you just, this, what's this guy talking about? He's seeing things on a different plane. You ain't Tom Brady, Duke. You ain't Aaron Rodgers. You ain't seeing things on a different plane. You're talking bullshit. Representing Stormy Daniels. Representing a former porn star. No disrespect to porn stars. This fucking clown was arrested a few hours ago for trying to extort Nike. You, you dummy. You fucking dummy. You, you, were try, you, you, you fucking con man. You were trying to extort Nike. You think you were going to get over on Nike? You ain't Nike? You think you're the first asshole that tried to extort them? Apparently he was trying to, he threatened them to do a press conference about some NCAA violations. Duke, now, you, now you're going to prison. Okay, you tried to extort Nike for $25, $20 million, allegedly. I don't want no more lawsuits. Allegedly. And you got busted, asshole. And they were talking about this guy should run for president. Get the fuck out of here with that nonsense. Speaking of lawsuits, shout out to Cardi B, who's also a way better rapper than Kodak Black. Way better. Puns, sense of humor, punchlines, not even close. Way fucking better. Support her 100%. Great story. She's uh, suing some bloggers. Uh, more of these fucking experts and some hip-hop bloggers that accused her of a few different things, uh, one of which uh, is that she had STDs, specifically herpes. Good luck, Cardi B. I got your fucking back. Sue those fucking assholes. These people think they could say anything about you. 
and not get a lawsuit. Cardi B's at the top of her game. She's lawyered up. I wish her all the luck with her lawsuit. You're going around saying Queen Cardi B has STDs that she has herpes. Sue these fucks. Sue the shit out of these fucks. Cardi B, I got your back. You got my support top to bottom. All right, I, I've been rocking and rolling here. Going solo on that ass. Fucking 50 minutes. 55 oh. 50 fucking minutes. Uh, I told you I was going to bring in the young shooter, Dean Collins. Uh, we're going to talk about The Act, which is a show that I'm obsessed with on Hulu. Uh, my review of Us, the Jordan Peele movie, which, like I said, I went to go see. I didn't go first screening, but I went day one, okay, to the Arclight in L.A. I have to say I was disappointed. I was very fucking disappointed. We're going to talk about The Act, a uh, show that I'm obsessed with on Hulu. Uh, this is us and so much more coming up next with my man, Dean Collins, a.k.a. The Young Shooter. Woo! All right. As I said, it's been a while since he's been on. He's been reminding me constantly. Uh, the Young Shooter, Dean Collins. Welcome to the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Trust me when I say this shooter, there's a lot of new listeners today. Awesome. Trust me on that. So they uh, probably have no idea who I am. Because it's probably it been, what, six six months? Yeah, well, you know what, Dean? I try to invite you to... You, nope, to, that's no, false. No, you're a pain in the ass. No, you're, you're that's like, not true, You're man. like the fake Ferris Bueller. Do, do you know why I say the fake Ferris Bueller? Because, like, you know, Ferris Bueller, like... You know, time was not of the time was of the essence of him. No, People no, not love time. Ferris like, Bueller. Yeah, but like Ferris Bueller, like he kind of walked to his own beat. He sure. showed up when he wanted. You're the fake Ferris Bueller because you try to do that shit to me, and I go uh, recording, recording. Then you don't show up. Never, never happened. Just to the just to the listeners and to the OG listeners that were there from day one years ago. You know that I was on the first episode, I think, of the podcast. Um, and I just want to say that. Uh, Michael just stopped calling. That's, that's his that, <laughs> bottom line. Everyone knows I'm available 24-7. That's I'm not true. I'm here. You can count on that's me. That's not true. The phone stopped ringing. Nope. And even when the when the fans DM me saying, why aren't you on the pod? I could just say, yo, ask Michael, man. I don't know what yeah, to tell it's, you. But, it's just but, me. I'm just I'm just the Gestapo over here. Listen, water I, under the bridge, I'm the, my I'm the fucking, I'm the podcast Gestapo. I'm just like, I don't yeah, know what it is. Yeah. You, you, you'd think you'd want to talk less. You have more, more guests and people to help you out over here. But you know what? Water under the bridge. Um, I'm then, happy to be back. Dude, there's, there's no, there's no bridge. There's no water. Like my man, I said you could come on whenever you want. Thank you, man. But we're, the, but the, but the podcast stops for nobody, Duke. Like okay. when it's time to record, it's time to record. When it's time to put that fire out, it's time to put that fire out. And right now, the fire is being put out. And I, I just want to feel like a guest, bro. I just want to feel like nah. Yo, you say, man, come I come to your new apartment. I can't even get a cup of water. I got you water. You put your shoes all over the couch. You fucking. I mean, I had to. Okay, I, let's just ask this. Let's right. just cut. To we the could chase. talk about this in therapy. You, later. you, you, um, you just moved into a new place. Uh, question number one that all the fans are going to want to know. So the young shooter just moved into a, a, a new place. Really nice. This is question number one. Um, did you break out that space light yet? I, I knew you were going to ask me mm -hmm. something along those lines. The space light has been broken out. Um, oh, so you've been freaking off. I, I, it's not necessarily. You've been, been freaking, freaking off. off. I've been just preparing the you've been area. Skeet. You've been skeeting. 
I've been skeeting, but I don't have, I'm not going to, I'm not here to tell any stories about the skeeting. Okay. I'm just very happy to be in a So you new, haven't been skeet. That's because usually when you, when you. No, I'm not, I didn't say that. Usually when you, when you come on the podcast. I tell stories about it, but I'm not here to skeet. tell that. You're not doing skeeting today. I'm not talking about that story today. <laughs> okay. It, it, it has happened. I'm three months in. I'm in a one-bedroom apartment. Uh, it's just me. It's I no dope. longer have a it's roommate. Dope, though. You've seen it, right? It's it's definitely space light material. Oh, I just asked you a simple question. I don't. Mature. I'm not trying to get into a long-winded thing about your crib. Do you like my floating desk, by the way? Like it's mature. Yeah. All right, I, man. The, the um, float, floating desk is, is is cool. Well, we're off to a good start. What yeah. else did you want to talk about? Well, I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Uh, I, I we I want to talk about the act, which is on Hulu, which you and Toby Moore's friend of the Iron Rap. Oh, Toby told you both. He's into it too. Okay. Uh, who's also got a podcast? Oh, cool. I got to um, listen to that. He's all over the act. Love that dude. And I got to talk to him about the act because I'm I'm a fan. I brought it to your attention. We need to get a forum for this. We should. I feel like no one's talking. Let, about let, it. Let's get into the act and then we'll get into us. Okay, but can we can we talk about just to preface the act? Can yeah, we talk we, about the backstory yes, of the why whole we're, thing. I'll, okay. I'll let you. I think a long time ago. I just want to say I think a while ago we talked about mommy dead and dearest. I don't know if you talked about it. I did, but I know you hip. You we talked about it on the podcast. I got you onto that, and then we definitely had a full length podcast about that documentary. And what's the name is? So it's called Mommy Dead and Dearest. And I will just say this: you can find it on YouTube. Okay. And I'll just say this. I don't know how we didn't put it as a sick fuck of the week documentary, but it's as as out there yeah. as anything you're ever going to see. It's called Mommy Dead and Dears. It's up there with Abducted in Plain Sight. It's way the fuck you, out you there. Ha- you have to see it. Explain Clearly, what it is. Break so, it down, Shooter. Okay, so basically it's about... Um, a mother and a daughter and the daughter is is sick and she has all these illnesses and she's wheelchair bound and her mother is like taking leukemia. care of her. she's one leukemia. of the she's gotta, you know she's kind she's of a, like make a make a wish, wish kid yeah make a wish kid for yeah. lifelong chemo all this kind of stuff. She, she donations donations and so the mother is making money off of all these donations and and tricking everybody into thinking that her child is sick which is called munchausen by proxy which is an actual thing where the mothers make their daughter sick or their child sick so that they can have the attention uh, for themselves and have them closer to them. And, and so, so it's so it's so severe that this girl, her name is Gypsy, the daughter. Gypsy's the daughter. The, the daughter's name is Gypsy. She is rolled around on a wheelchair for years. Thinking that she can't walk. No, she knew she can walk. She knew she can walk, but everybody in her world, in her life, whenever they'd make public appearances, you would think it was a crippled kid. But they're saying, oh, she's addicted to sugar. You can't have that cupcake, Gypsy, she's the mother. Diabetes. She's, she's diabetes. She's, and she's, then she's, she, she has a feeding tube put in her. Exactly. The, so the long, mother, the mo- but we have to just preface it. The mother has tricked hospitals, tricked charities. doctors, manipulated charities. Uh, uh, they, they apparently, you don't know if anything's true. They lost their home, or what she said. She in lost Katrina. her home in Hurricane Katrina. They moved to Missouri, have a house built for them, customized for a wheelchair-bound kid uh, by Habitat for Humanity. Humanity. So they're they're running this con for 15, 16 years. Long time, and... and long con. A long time, but I don't think um, Gypsy knew. You know, she started getting older, and she started realizing what her mother was doing, and so... And this is all in the documentary. It's all in the documentary. Mommy like, dead and dears. And when I tell you, you're like, what the fuck is going on? It's a on? crazy ending. 
It you, gets fucking wild. We're not going to ruin it here. But, but, but long- it's a it's a must watch. And if you're into sick fucks and you're into sick fuck documentaries and if you're into like murder docs and chill, that's that's the one. It's way the fuck out there. And like I said, I know it's on HBO On Demand because I rewatch it and I know it's on YouTube. The full thing is on YouTube now. But listen, do your homework. You know the name. It's called Mommy Dead and Dearest. Find it. Illegally download it. Whatever you got to do or don't. And so obviously it's so fucking sick that they made a show off of it and it's called The Act on Hulu um, about this act, you know, the pretend of... uh, The uh, whole act. The whole act. And so it's the mother and the daughter and Patricia Arquette plays the mother. and Patricia Arquette just off of um, Escape from Dannemore. Who's... who's, I love Patricia Arquette. I'm a fan. Let's talk about her career change. Patricia Arquette was most famous for True Romance. Yes. Where she she was a hot... Shout she out to True Romance. Shout out to you. You were in Alabama True Romance. Alabama Worley. And she, just in case anyone. She's as anyone... sexy and as appealing and as beautiful and as alluring as any screen character. And just in case anyone listening doesn't know, um, Michael was in the movie True Romance. They, they know. If you saw True Romance and you're listening to this podcast. You, you, but you just can to... never assume, right? That's true. I wasn't True Romance. You, you were in that movie. Played Dick You talk about, you know, this is a legendary movie, but you have to forget, like, you were legendary acting in that. Thank you. Thank you. But so I, I was just talking about I was just, I, the thing that I wanted to point out before Patricia. we go into the act is Patricia Arquette started out as a starlet. She oh, yeah. was a starlet. She was very good actress, but like she was beautiful, sexual, very sort of open with her sexuality in roles. Not and she in had real different life. teeth than everyone, which was super cool too. Yes, and, and but in her roles, not in real life. So it, as she's gotten older, you know, a lot of times women, especially ones that are known for their beauty, they'll phase out. Patricia Arquette has made a second act of her second act of her career like uh, very few actresses do. Um, going back, what's the movie she won the Oscar for? Boyhood. Boyhood was the start of it. She was great in that. She escaped from Dan Moore, which was just on Showtime with Benicio Del Toro and Paul Dano. Which she lets talked it about. hang. Let's she, just be real. She lets it hang. You know how Christian Bale, he, he loses weight, he fluctuates, he gains weight for rules. Patricia is about that life. She, she don't she's give eating. a flying fuck. She's about it. She does the sex. She's about that Dunkin' Donuts. Blemishes life. all about it. Embrace it. And not and only that. You have that, to do that as an actress, especially when you get to that to certain age out. point. Because otherwise, like she she wasn't known as a great actress, but she's now being her the second act of her career. She's mm-hmm. Carving out a real niche. Yes, she is. As a character actress. And I just want to also shout out, and we'll move on, but I just want to shout out that Jennifer Aniston did a movie years ago where they said, oh my, I think it was called Cake, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was called that, where she didn't have any makeup on, and that was like a, oh my God, Jennifer Aniston is doing- Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. Did it with Monster. Patricia Arquette, when you watch Dan Mora and you see her, and she really about that no makeup. (laughs) I mean, you talk about, she trumps them Oh, she's getting on her. I mean, I'm not. I'm not even going to go that graphic. But, and not only that, what makes it even sloppier and dirtier is these crazy accents that she's doing. She's going, "Gypsy, honey, you got come in over." You know, she's doing these crazy. And I will say this: as good as she is in in this film, uh, the one criticism I will say, and, and accents are very overrated. Her <laughs> accent changes and varies minute. scene for scene. Her, her, and, and do you think her accent, her southern accent, it's not an easy accent. Uh, uh, it's a it's a Cajun New Orleans accent. It changes I, scene for scene. But you know what? I, like, I don't care. I like that because maybe she's doing it on purpose no, because it's all an act. She, she doesn't know where she's from. She wasn't Katrina. But anyway, this this podcast well, is, She's on a different level of brilliance because she, she's flipping the script with her accent. She's... 
And I just want to... Chloe Sevigny is also in it. And I'm not her fucking with changes, Her accent changes scene for scene. To- I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Patricia... She, she, can, she can let that one slide. Chloe Sevigny, I liked her in Zodiac. I liked her in American Psycho. Other than that... I don't, she was I don't good know. on that what? show, that show, the HBO show, um, about the sister when they were with Bill Paxton. The fucking the name of the Big show, Love? what Big Love? Oh, okay. She I was on, regular on that. All right, she was anyway, really good on that. This I has think become she won an Emmy. All right. Anyway, this so, has become all about Patricia Arquette and the act. We just want to say, go see it. There's a lot of great content. It's on out Hulu, there. and it's about this story. Yes. And I want to preface it by saying this: as far out as the documentary is, the true story. <laughs> The TV show. I don't know if it's 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 going to be like a, it's like it a long a form. There's two series. episodes out. There's two it's episodes just as far out because the acting is so out. committed. The, <laughs> shout out! I just want to shout out to Joey King, the who's young girl, the little girl who plays Gypsy. I've met her before. She's a very talented actress. I remember her when she was a little girl in The Conjuring, and she's, she was with she's, Logan, right? No, she wasn't. She she. I met her with with my friend Logan, but she was in the movie The Conjuring. She's a great young actress. And she's a really good young actress. And in this shit, she is she she nails Gypsy Blanchard, I think her name is, yes. to a T. And it's all this, you know. It's uh, out there. She, she's like baby voices. And anyway, go it's, check that out. It's on Hulu. It's called The Act. And before you watch it, I would I would suggest watching Mommy. Dead, Dead and, and dearest. dearest, who I know my man John Codling, uh, he, he's also a friend friend of the Iron Rap Poor Stereo Pockets. I hipped him to it, and he sent me texts going, what the fuck, yeah. quite a few times. Yes. Um, so that we're both hyped on that. I can't wait to see how it unfolds. Now, watching the HBO Syed, the case against Syed. Which was, was based on the podcast. Yes, um, serial. Everyone's heard about it. We don't have to go into the whole thing. Three episodes are up. Three episodes are up. I think they have four. I'm just going to be the one to say it. I First of all, I didn't listen to serial, and I think I'm the first it's one better. out of mi- The podcast I, is better of- than the way they presented this documentary. I don't like the way that they're presenting the documentary. They're doing every... Thing and the kitchen sink yeah. technique wise. They had animation. They have flashbacks. Yes. They have this. They have that. Numbers, have- highlights, graphs. Uh, I mean, it's just uh, listen. And it's it's good. It's but not, it's, there's it's not almost, enough evidence, guys. It's kind, it's kind of confusing. It's a little confusing, and there just isn't the smoking gun where I'm like, that dude is innocent. Get him out. Um. I, so I just want to say he's that. guilty. I don't know where I'm at right now. I thought the third, the first two, I was like, my man, I don't think is guilty. Third episode in, I was like, you 100% had something to do with this shit. And the Definitely. way you're talking over the phone of, and you know, they didn't interview this. You're explaining and they didn't, yourself too you're, much, you're, dude. Yeah, you're, you're doing a little too much. Yeah, Less you is know more, something. my friend. You Less, know something. You know something. What do you know? What do you know? And and I just want to say, if you are listening somehow from prison and you want to talk about it, Maybe you can bring that to the I Am Rapport podcast. It's a friendly, safe environment where if you did want to open up about things, OJ as well, if you're listening, we're here. So um, that goes to the I Am Rapport. Gypsy Blanchard too. Gypsy, no, she, she, no, no, no. Gypsy Blanchard dropped the mic and owned up to what she did. But, but I would love to know like since then. Oh, I'd love to sit down with Gypsy. And like maybe go on like a mile run before we do it just to be like, yo, is this crazy? You're running and shit. (laughs) Like, yeah, no one thought you could walk. You were like fucking wheelchair. Eight minute mile. Like you're fucking, you're pretty fast. And and Gypsy, if you are listening to this, I will have two dozen cupcakes with extra icing at just at the door when you come in to to the I am Rapport studios. Um now us. 
the the film that Jordan Peele. I didn't Peel, see this. The, yes, it's okay. I didn't see us, but you I've didn't heard see a us. lot of mixed things about the it. Jordan Peele movie follow up to Get Out, which I was very excited to see. Mm-hmm. I went to go see it at the one thirty show at the ArcLight in the Dome on Friday. Uh, me and my wife, we brought candy, we brought soda. Um, it was a two hour film. I was extra hyped, and I have to say this. I was disappointed. It's not a bad movie, but it is a straight-up horror film. Um, the acting, especially by Lupita Nyong, she's a good fuck. Yo. I heard she's great. She's really good. She ain't just a pretty face, and uh, she is way out there in her part. And, you know, Jordan Peele is a very good director. He knows how to set a mood and a tone. And when I say tone, he knows what he wants to make. He knows this is a horror film. I want to make you nervous here. I want to make you scared here. I want to make you uncomfortable there. That being said, I don't fuck. I'm 49. I love him. I don't fuck with horror films. And I think that the trailer was misleading because I think we thought it was going to be horror, but I think it was going to be horror with these messages and statements on culture. And a lot of the reviews are saying, well, after the movie, you should read up on this and read this blog. No, 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 no. (laughs) I went to the movie. Yeah, I didn't love the movie. You're not doing homework. I'm not doing homework. I'm not doing a follow-up quiz. I'm not reading an instruction manual. I'm not, uh, you know, going on YouTube and... I looked for all that because I knew that's like Get Out had that kind of shit. Yeah, because Paul Thomas Anderson, all of them could start saying, oh, go to this blog, go to that blog. You'll understand my nah, movie. I'm not, nah, I'm not. I'm not. You movie. either get it, like yeah. it, or not. Now, again, it's not a not good movie. I just, I, I don't get scared in the movie theater like Jason and Freddy Krueger and all that. Yeah. Like, this is a, uh, it's not that in terms of, it's not like Jason and Freddy Krueger. It's more it's psychological like, it's, it's more psychological, but it's definitely a horror film with murder scenes and blood and over-the-topness. And I'll say this, at a certain point, you knew certain people weren't going to get killed, and I was like, why am I even nervous anymore? Like, I, I, I knew they were going to all make it through the journey. All right, don't fucking, I haven't seen the damn movie, all right? Okay. Everyone keeps saying, oh, that plot twist. Listen, oh, my God. My, I don't my two cents is the movie made $70 million yeah. in three days. So my two cents doesn't matter. I just was disappointed uh, because I thought I was getting something else. I thought I was getting something that was about sociology and life. And You see, I the way that you just pitched that makes me really want to go see it. Okay, well, I was Because in, I was I'm like, I'm not looking for that. I'm not looking for cultural significances. I'm looking for that horror film. I like the I don't conjuring. know from you going horror I like horror The Shining. Films. I like fucking... Uh, what? You I like love, what? I like The Exorcist. I like all that shit. Yeah, I mean, these, the are, these are those are benchmark horror films. The I Ring. The what? You remember The Ring? That was a great... What's early. The Ring? Oh, I lo- by the way, I loved Hereditary. What's which that? T- Tony Collette was in I it. I came out that. Man, you... You need to get your movie game up, bro. I think every listener knows what I'm talking about when I say Hereditary with Tony Collette, the horror film that came out, I think, last year. I heard that was really good. It was great. And so I'm down to see it. I haven't seen it. Um, Go see it. I just want to segue into something because I'm not here to just talk about movies and be, you know, the kind of sidekick guy of like, oh, what'd you see and what's good and blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're but I did No, but I, I did have a story that I wanted to tell on the podcast when it happened, but I didn't get the call from you. Um, and this so now a we're a story. month late or whatever it is, but that's fine. But, but, but give all the context because this deserves okay, context. Okay, so Michael calls me and says that he's going to do a Netflix special 
on right. Laughing, the show Laughing with Ruth Buzzy and all them. The 19th, it was way ahead of its time. It was a comedy show. They talked about fake news. They talk, it was all the things sort of that they used to, that they're talking about now. It was a comedy show. Ruth Buzzy, all the great comedians, Carl Reiner, yes. uh, Rob Reiner, Robin Williams, like everybody would come through this sort of comedy variety show. They were doing a reunion, I believe it was the 50th anniversary for Netflix. I got called in uh, because they look at me as one of the great uh, comedic voices of today. That's what they said. They, I think they said, yeah. That, that's what they said. I, I didn't say well, that. I don't know they, if I heard that out loud, but they said something along. I have line. the email. I'll post it. Okay. Um, and they said, we want you to do something uh, with Snoop. And I say to, this is how I get down. Where and when. Right. Because with Snoop, where yeah, and when. Yeah, it's just where and when. It's no other questions asked. So the where was the Dolby Theater where the Oscars had just taken place where, uh, shout out to our boy Rami Malek who won Best Actor on that stage. So we're, we are going, to, so we're at the Dolby Theater surrounded by so many A-listers, and I, I, Expl- I mean Break it. down who's there. So there is everywhere you turn, there's Billy Crystal, Michael Douglas, Jay Leno, there's um, Neil Patrick Harris, there's- My man, Kenya Barris, who created Blackish. Yes, and, and so there's just- Wait, la- there's more. Let's turn more. Who, who else was there? Okay, there's- Tony Hale from Arrested Development and Veep. Um, you had- God, there were John Lovitz. There, every everyone. David Spade was there, right? What David they, Spade. Um, uh, you had everybody. Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. So you got all like these, it was a who's Lily Tomlin. Who, Lily Tomlin. There was a who's who of comedy people. Yes. So we're there. Uh, Michael tells me he's doing a little bit with Snoop. I said the same thing that Michael said. When and where to to you? I said when and where. Dolby Theater, seven o'clock. I'm picking you up here. We're rocking. I don't know anything about it. You always keep things very low key with me. I, I don't didn't know, know what, much. I know you didn't know much, but you. But all you told me was that you're presenting with Snoop, and you have like three pages of dialogue, like you're doing a sketch with him and Tiffany Haddish. Yes. And so I was like, oh shit. So here we are being walked into the the Dolby Theater. You know, it's like it's like almost famous. You know, we enter the VIP section of you know where the bands load in and and you're you, you know everyone's on their walkie talkies and headsets and you know oh. Mr. Rapport's coming in this way, and oh, Michael Douglas is coming that way to the left, and blah, 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 blah. We're going down the hall, passing every famous person's dressing room, and we yeah, finally- Yeah, we just saw, that we just mentioned- We just we, mentioned we're everybody. We're passing them and their dressing rooms, right? and we, we come to find out, for some reason, yes. they don't have a dressing room for me. I don't know why that, I don't know why that is. They I literally had a dress, they must have been a fuck up, but they had a green room. They had a green room, but the green room was stiff as bricks. It was, uh, it, it was, was just a, a bunch of- A lot of people of, didn't have dressing rooms apparently because a lot of dope I think people were what, in, the, 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 yeah, in the green lot, room. It wasn't just you. It wasn't, it wasn't just, just me. You. But you know, so, we, but, but what was for cooler, a second I was like- For a second it got no, to be a problem. For a second I was like, why is there no, they're like stand here. I'm like, nah, I got two hours before I'm going up. And I think there were literally a hundred dressing rooms. There was- like Tons about a hundred, and for some reason, There's I think no they had they had you, they said that they had you in the basement, but we didn't want to get down there. It was kind of an office space situation where yeah. you were kind of like we in the laundry room the or the utility room or right. something. But anyway, what was cooler about that was that you ended up having to share a dressing room with Snoop Dogg, right? Uh, Snoop D O Double G, yep. Um, and, and as we like to call him, Uncle Snoop. Yep. Um, and so we're in this dressing room, okay, and it's me, Michael, Snoop. And Snoop's videographer. That's it. That's it. And I, I'm not joking. Like dressing room, like bongs are there, Starburst, Skittles, like like it's 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 a private dressing room, and it's just us. And we're killing time. We're not in the green room. We're just hanging. We in have here. 90 minutes to chill. We're, we're in here for 
for over an hour and we're just shooting the shit smoking and blah 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 he's telling us white house stories and this and that and we're all bonding and it's just a, a very surreal experience and explain what you what, repeat, i was i'm gonna correct you if you don't say it but okay. what did you say about like when we because we were like i've been around snoop a lot yes but that was it was and i've met snoop with you it was so four different it was times so like that's who this person is. Yeah. And you get a sense of like, this is who the person is. But what, do you remember what you said about him that night? What when he I was say? talking? You were like, there's so much love in his face, in his eyes. Yes. When he's, he's just such a nice, he, like, like music aside and all that stuff. And I'm, and I'm sitting here and I'm looking at him. I'm talking to him and we're, we're smoking together. That aside of being like, whoa, I'm sitting and smoking with Snoop Dogg. After that kind of goes away after... 30 minutes or whatever it is, you're just like, damn, this dude is just a cool guy. Just a cool nice, guy's guy. Knows your name, you know, personable. But speak on that again. And, and, you yeah, yeah. So like Walt, Walt, before we go into his dressing room, he's blazing up like he's got his own blunt or whatever. And they go, Snoop, Snoop, we want you to take a photo with Lily Tomlin and Billy Crystal and Michael Douglas. He's and, nice to he's everybody. He's nice to everybody. So they're getting ready to and take a photo. he's got the best fucking stories. He's got the best stories. He remembers everything from his life, from his career, like moments. And he'll just, if you just, within a conversation, he'll just tell you stories. And you're like, he's focused. He's not, everyone asks that. Is he shot? Is he even no, functional? not at like, all. No, this dude he is remembers, a hustler. He told us about the first time he went to the White House with Obama. And it's infamous that he yeah. smoked weed in the bathroom. He talks about it all the time. It's and, been and, and it's just the four of us. But so he breaks is, down the story in such detail. You're like, I don't remember anything, and I don't smoke. I don't smoke right. like this guy. So he's not fucking burnt at all. No, and and he's about to take this photo with all these comedy legends and all this stuff. And, he and they're all freaking and, out to see. Snoop. And there's freaking out. And he looks at me and he goes, he goes, Yo, Dean. He goes, Can you hold this for me? And it's his blunt, his personal blunt, while he takes the photo. And I'm holding he it. He said, yo, Dean. He goes, yo, Dean, can you hold this for me? And, and I was the reason like, why we're pointing that out is because he's he's being inundated by different people. Yeah, Everybody I'll, wants to talk to for Snoop. For sure. And he remembered your name from yes. 20 minutes ago. So now we get to the meat of the story, right? And so we finally get into Snoop's dressing room. And it's, again, just the four of us. And it's very personal moment, whatever. And so... I've been personally, I, I want to know what Snoop is smoking. I want to know if it's an indica strain. I want to know if it's a sativa strain, if it's some hidden shit that we can't get in the, at the stores. I want to know what it is. So I find my moment. But, but this is in between stories about basketball, the Lakers. The what do you think House. about going out with LeBron? You know, what do you think is going on with Antonio Brown? Because he's infamously a big Pittsburgh Steelers. We're, talk, we're shooting We were talking shit. about Dookie Hauser for right. a while. Yeah, he was tripping off a of meeting Dookie Hauser. Right, we were talking about all sorts of shit. So we finally, there's a pause in the in the conversation and I find my moment and I say yo Snoop I said what's your go-to strain like are you are you an indica guy are you a sati and before I even could say sativa he's like indica indica all the way indica oh I only fuck with indica and I said yeah me too I said I, I was like you know and we're just shooting the shit I'm not like fanboying out like so I said yeah me too I'm, I'm just smoking indica and I go but what strain are you messing with because like I can't you know I, I rock with this purple punch i love this strain called purple punch heavy indica what are you smoking he looks at me michael his videographer they're all just quiet listening and he looks at me and he goes he goes what am i smoking and he goes you know what dean because you asked i'm gonna show you and he has a louis vuitton purse like personal size purse it's his it's all these colors and like a bag like, like, like a, a bag, travel bag like a bag yeah, yeah like a travel bag yeah he opens it he takes out a personal blunt 
that has a glass filter. It's dipped in keef and hash, and it's it, it, it looks glorious. It's fat as fuck. It's not like a skinny blunt that you... It's a blunt, and it's glass. It's, it's his his personal collection. So then they And go, let me just preface this by this. He keeps other blunts in his pocket because everyone's smoking and wants to smoke and ask him about weed. And he'll, he'll hit friends off. It's like he runs into somebody. Yeah. He thought about it. Because like when you asked about it, there was like a... Like he, a he thought. It was a silence. It was, like it was a, a 15-second pause. Was it was it a beat. It wasn't 15, it was but it was... 10 like, seconds? It, it felt like a lifetime. Um, <laughs> but it was, a, it was a long pause, and, he's, and he looked at me, and I, like I said, he, he said... He sized you he up. Said, like he, he sized me up. He liked you or not. He, wanted to, he was testing me if I was really about that smoke life. So he said... And just to say this, the past couple times I've met Snoop, he's not, I'm sure he's a sharer, but he's never passed me his own personal blunt. I think it's a germ thing. I don't blame and also, him. And also, Who wants it's to like, be, why do you have to pass? Why your, you, if you're Snoop and you're always smoking, it's, it's pretty much like he's drinking yeah, you know water that. or he's smoking. So it's you're like, not like, can I have your water, like a glass of water? Nah. So, so I knew that coming in. So I brought my own weed. Right. So I'm smoking my shit. He's smoking his shit. And he looks at me and, he, and I said, what are you smoking? And he goes, he goes, you know what, Dean? Because and he you said asked, your name because I heard said it. my name. You he know said, what, Dean? He said, "You know what, Dean? Beat because you asked. I'm gonna show you." He opens up his Louis Vuitton travel kit, right? His personal kit. He whips out the thing that I told you—the blunt dipped in keef, the glass filter. It's gigantic. It's his personal. He goes. He goes. I'm smoking. He goes. I'm smoking this shit called bubble gum. He goes. I, he goes. That's my. He goes. That's my personal favorite bubble gum. He goes. So then they go, all of a sudden, the walkie-talkie people come in, you know, the, the PAs, and they go, well, Michael, Michael Rapport, we need you on set right now. You know, it's, it's a whole production. You know, it's a big It's deal. a live show it's that a live they're, they're recording show. with so, a lot of people, and, like, people are on time schedules. And exactly. So, Michael, we need you right now, right now. So they now. needed me for something different. So Michael's getting up, and Snoop starts going, oh, shit. So he starts lighting the blunt, and he goes, yo. I'm out of the room at this point. He, he's out of the room. He goes, yo, Dean, he's lighting the blunt for me, and he goes, he goes, Dean, he goes, he goes, take this. He goes, bring this on stage with you and let me know how you like that. And I run. I go, thank you. I run. I take two hits of it. I'm walking up the stairwell, up the, uh, up the different tunnels and this and that. And I'm on the side of the Dolby Theater. No bullshit. On the side. Jeffrey Ross is there. Jeffrey Ross. But I'm standing with a lit Fat as fuck blunt that's just smoking profusely with the audience is filled. And I, I'm, I'm not joking. I'm standing on the side holding this thing. And Lily Tomlin, Billy Crystal, all these people are giving me the dirtiest looks like, who the fuck is this guy with a lit blunt? No one else is smoking. Okay. And then I think they piece it together that it's Snoop's. So anyway, long story short, it was one of the best things. You could see the photo on my Instagram of me and Snoop. Michael took a candid photo we'll repost of me. it today. And it was just an epic thing. And so I took two hits of that blunt. I have it in a case, and I'm going to get it framed in like a glass casing and put two little it rods. Deserves that. Two rods so that it can it can lay on there. And Now, I'll say this about the young shooter, because I break, I break your fucking balls. Yeah. I break them. Shooter's been around a lot of famous people you, your whole life. You're used to it. You've met a lot of people. You've had experiences with, with a lot of cool people. We yeah. broke it down on the mountaintop moments. You fucking met. Didn't, didn't Logan take you? Logan Lerman take you to meet the, the fucking I went president? To, yeah, I met Barack, and, and I bonded with Snoop over that, which was crazy. Right. But at all the famous people you've been around, yeah. how, where do you put Snoop in terms of, and you're, you like rap and you like his music, but, but as a person and as like a star and as a person who like, when he comes into a room, the mood of the room shifts. Oh, where do you rank him in terms of just 
coolness in terms of niceness as who's comfortable with the stardom that he has. I don't, I, I can't think of anybody else that comes to mind. No bullshit. I, I really cannot think. And I, of someone that's handled their fame so well, where it's like this dude is bombarded more than fucking Leonardo DiCaprio and all these guys because he's such an icon in so many different... And when you see him, there's no there's, there's just, no mistake that it's Snoop. No, there's no mistake. I mean, my grandmother loves Snoop. My mom loves Snoop. He, this guy is beloved by every age range. And so what, the question you asked me, there's no one that, that tops him. I've met Leonardo DiCaprio with you. I've hung out with Leonardo DiCaprio with you. I've met everybody. Uh, honestly, Snoop to me is like he's like a top two like top i don't know anyone else yeah. that beats him yeah he's sick As there's niceness. no hiding there's no like when he's funny he could never do music he couldn't do he, like if he, he brought if he, that we let me just say this yeah the netflix special it's coming out it's the laughing oh, 50th brought, anniversary me and snoop walked out on the stage and it was packed the dolby theater this is where they did the academy awards it was packed and that fucking place i have never been on that stage i've never been nominated for an oscar it was packed to the top and there's four levels when we walked out there they said up next michael rapport yeah. and snoop dogg the place went ape shit ape shit they it went ape shit and you know what he said do you remember what he said he, go, he goes yo they were tripping off of me but they were tripping off of you yo. and me and i was like snoop they were tripping off of you he kept, but he kept going. No, Mike, you're not listening to me. They were tripping off of you, uh, both of us. Like he kept lifting you up. That's another thing with him. He's just, he lifts everybody up. It's always it's never about him. But that was a rock star ovation when I came out there. That was a rap. Oh, you were God. on some. You were on some. You know, the place went crazy. It was Lincoln. It was like like Lincoln, like like John Wilkes Booth up there. Like like you don't know who's up there. It was it was nuts. And we we did our bit, and obviously you'll see it. And Snoop, we were riffing a little bit, like. We we were improving. He's he got. They said it's the biggest laugh oh, of the whole the, night. It was it was it just elevated everybody. And you know this stiff ass green room that we went into before Snoop had arrived. It was all these. We're not going to name everybody. And he but, walks in. He goes, "What's up, everybody?" Yeah, he, he goes. No, he, he, he break, up, y'all. But but sweet. He breaks the ice. Everyone's like got their fucking egos and their manager and their makeup artists and their assistant. Blah blah blah. He just walks in. Yo. What's up, guys? Like yeah. like a regular fucking person yeah. does to people. It was anyway. It was, it was epic. cool. He's just a fucking good dude. Um, before we go, I wanted to just say this. I've talked about this before. Um, I am on my Prolon diet, uh, which is uh, the diet which my doctor sold me on by saying um, it's a fasting diet, and your body will be tricked into thinking it's dying. Oh, that was the selling point. That sounds and, healthy. Yeah, you and so and it's. It's not for um, weight loss. It's for because of my various uh, health things, the uh, obviously infamous and iconic uh, Michael Rapport cough. But as we all know, I talk about it openly, I suffer from ulcerative colitis. So it helps, it helps break down the cells in your body, bad cells, and rebuild, hopefully, new ones. And I have been on probably five to 700 uh, calorie uh, a day. Uh, we're heading into the fourth day. And you've been around me every day since uh, we've done that. Um, do you want to talk about uh, how, what do you think of the diet? I think that the diet should be called the bad fucking mood diet because you've been a <laughs> douche. And I don't mean to just be so blunt. And I know you're doing a great job and you, you know, you're taking in your 200 calories and it's about all, 500, whatever the fuck it is. But you have been so unpleasant to be around. <laughs> um, 
I think I think everybody collectively can agree that you've just been unpleasant, but that's fine because you're doing the the death diet or whatever they call it that they had they had uh, posed to you in the office, and and so I understand that, and I think that you have two more days that you said two two more days. So I, I've tried my best to stay away from you for all this can't whole do week. It. Can't do it. So I'm hearing. I, surprisingly, you seem like you're actually in a better mood than when you're not on the diet, which is really weird. I don't know what's a lot. I don't and, know and, what and it is with you. Dean, you're going to come out with me to Irvine because this Thursday, March yep. 28th, I'm doing stand-up at the Irvine Improv. Yep. Uh, tickets are still available. There, there's a few left uh, at improv.com. But the they'll probably shooter. be gone by tomorrow, honestly. But they've been sold out. You you came to Oxnard. I went to you Ontario. Came to Ontario. Um, the shows have been dope. And we've been rocking, but you're coming to Irvine. A hundred percent. I hope that everyone out in Irvine, I'm definitely going to Irvine. I went to school you have history out, out there, right? I got history out there. I went to school out there. I know a lot of people out in Irvine. I've been to are the your mall. People, are your people coming to the show? I've been blasting it. I'm telling people to come mm, out, bro. I didn't see any blasts. Uh, the truth is, everybody that went to school with me in OC is now in LA. Okay. So, well, they could take the drive too. But it's been great. You have been killing it. We, on we've the been we've game. been busting our asses, and I will say the shooter's been rocking with me. Yep. Forget just the big shows, the little shows, the ten people shows at the Improv Lab, the fucking Tuesday early shows, the Tuesday late shows at the Improv, and all that stuff. And the shooter's been there, uh, rocking with me, yep. uh, uh, holding my hand through all the good, bad, the the weirdness, yeah. the comedian behavior. There's a lot of weird comedian. That's we, a whole other I mean, world. We've been rocking for four months with comedy. We could put probably the entire com comedy industry on blast. Four months. That's right. I was at your first show, and we've been go like four months in, and I, it's a whole other world. But the, but but we've the seen behavior from comedians that we could be like the, these guys have unusual behavior. Can we say that? Extremely unusual behavior. All right, that's it. So Thursday night we'll be in Irvine. Come, bring uh, everybody, bring your friends, bring your family. Improv.com, uh, uh, and, and the shooter. Listen, you have an open invitation, but the, the podcast won't stop for you. I didn't say it should stop for me, but it would be nice like how Scal says where you're like, you know, let's hang out, Scal. And he's like, when I come to LA, hit me up and be like, yo, you know, like, let's do something. Scalabrini? Yeah, like Scal's got the same issue. You got a, the same issue with I reach, a lot of I'm people. easy to find. You don't reach out, though. You mm. want me to just knock on your door and be like, I'm no. here for the pod. No. Invite no. me, bro. I love this podcast, and I love the fans of the podcast, and I miss being on here. And um, All right, well, hopefully, maybe, we'll see. Maybe you'll be back maybe. Uh, five, so you're playing five months, fucking, six. You're playing magic tricks and all these Disney games and weird shit. All right, so I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I will say this. This, this is museum quality shit talking extravaganza episode. Miles, Jordan, take us out of here with something real nice, some real proper, but most importantly, some real funky. We're done.